You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Hi, I'm Cindy Stewart. Thank you for joining me today. I am going to share on my favorite subject, and it is living supernaturally. I know all of us want that. We want to be able to live supernaturally in this natural world. And God has made a provision for this. So I just want to share my heart on this and tell you some steps of how you can get a greater reign on the supernatural, understanding, moving in it, uh, leaning into what the Holy Spirit has for you. So let's get started. You know, every morning, and I've done this for, gosh, probably 23, maybe 24 years, I get a cup of coffee and I get my journal and I write to the Lord saying, Lord, what is on your heart? And I, like I said, when I do that, God always opens up his heart with things that just surprise me. And I found when I write it down, when I write to God and talk to him and give him space to talk back to me that there are things that he wants to show me and teach me that are far beyond anything I really understand. So I don't know, are you a journaler? I would encourage you to try it out if you're not. Uh, I went from using a paper journal to an electronic journal because I have these huge boxes full of written journals. And I think my husband's getting tired of storing them. So I finally went to an electronic journal. But the one thing about journaling is I keep up with my prayers and I have a special folder for every prophetic word I get. And when I go back, I'll write down when God fulfilled the prayer when the prophetic word was fulfilled. And also I write down all my dreams and I'll write down what I think the Lord is saying in the dream. Sometimes I send them to my friends to help me figure it out. And then I'll just watch God just paint this tapestry for me that I can go back and look and say, oh, I remember when I asked for that. And, you know, it was a year later, five years later, but God fulfilled it in that perfect timing. So I'm just going to encourage you to, to journal if you don't already. Well, the other day I was sitting in my office and I have this little comfy chair I sit in and I was reading Acts 12. 
And it's such a good uh, illustration of how we can live in the supernatural and things can happen around us. And we don't even know what's happening till after it occurs. But in Acts 12 in the Passion Translation, uh, the Lord started showing me how to partner with Him. And when we partner with Him, I mean, who's a better partner than the Lord Himself? To partner with Him, that when we partner, it brings the supernatural into our natural realm. Because we all know that Christ lives in us. So that is the supernatural right there. But part of our journey is learning how to tap into it. And then learning how to recognize, oh, this is God. And even being able to look back and say, I didn't even realize that was God, but it really was. So we're going to look at Acts 12 and starting verse 1. It says, during this period, King Herod incited persecution against the church, causing great harm to the believers. He even had Apostle James, John's brother, beheaded. Now listen to this. This is what I find so interesting. When Herod realized how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, he had Peter arrested and thrown in prison during the Feast of Passover. Sixteen soldiers. Hear that? Sixteen soldiers were assigned to guard one man to guard Peter until Herod could bring him to a public trial immediately after the Passover celebration was over. Now think about this. Herod assigned 16 men to guard him. And we'll later discover that not only was Peter arrested, but he was in chains and he was actually locked up. Now, why would Herod go to such lengths to restrain and hold one small prisoner? Well, the followers of Jesus weren't really known for prison breaks. They were, you know, it's not like we're watching a TV show and all of a sudden they they shank the guard and, you know, they weren't known for that. They were just going their way and just following what Jesus told them to do. But uh, it was more likely that Herod had heard of a supernatural uh, prison break before. So I want you to just keep that in your mind because verse 5 says that the church went into a season of intense intercession asking God to free him. So when there was an issue, the church came together and prayed. They sought God for the solution. And this is a key point when we partner with God in the supernatural. Prayer is asking and agreeing with God for his purposes and his best over a situation. You know, John 16, 23 says that, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And we stand on that truth that what we ask when we come together, the Father will answer it for us. So in verse 6, it says, The night before Herod planned to bring him to trial, Peter, he made sure that Peter was securely bound with two chains. Peter was sound asleep between two soldiers. So there's Peter asleep. There's two soldiers on either side of him. And then the rest of the guards were outside the cell. That's a lot of manpower. Verse 7 says, when all at once an angel of the Lord appeared, filling his prison cell with a brilliant light. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I don't know if this happens to you, but when I read scripture, it starts playing like a little movie in my mind. And I'll kind of start seeing it acted out and it'll just run like a little movie. And I saw this movie in my mind of this dark cell filled with light and an angelic figure appearing before Peter. 
But when I read the scripture again, I realized that in that there was a soldier on each side of him and they were not aware. They weren't awoken by the angel. They didn't, the light didn't wake them up. That's supernatural in itself. Cause you know, when you're asleep, if someone comes into the room and flips on the light, it's going to wake you up. But God protected Peter, not only by bringing in an angel, but not allowing the soldiers to even have discernment or perceive that the angel was there. That's supernatural in itself. The angel struck Peter on the side to wake him up and said, hurry up, let's go. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine what that was like. Sometimes I read these, uh, these, uh, this history of the Bible and I think, God, what was that like, you know, for that to happen? And as soon as the angel said that, the chains instantly fell. That's supernatural. The angel didn't take the chains off of him. They just fell off. I love it. And when the chains fell off, I was thinking of the wonder of God and how he works. You know, if it was up to us, we would have this whole, you know, uh, story about how it would have worked. The angel would have shown up, the the bright lights would have woke the soldiers up. They would have instantly passed out because the presence of God was so strong. No, God has this whole thing all figured out and no one was disturbed. No one was disturbed. You know, it's funny. We, we think we have God figured out, but what we don't realize is that God has us figured out and he knows what we need and we, he knows what his best is for us. And it's, it just cracks me up. He kills me on this. So verse eight says, the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals, bring your cloak and follow me. Peter left, quickly left the cell and followed the angel, even though he thought it was a dream or a vision. So this whole event was occurring right before Peter's eyes, but Peter could not comprehend it. You know, when God moves on our behalf in a way that is so out of our realm of understanding, sometimes we don't even recognize that it's God. Peter was thinking, I must be having a vision or a dream. I don't know about you, but there have been many times where it took me a minute to realize that God was moving and I didn't know it. One time I was at church and we're having this amazing service and we're just worshiping. And all of a sudden I began to feel a swirl of wind going around me. And I kept looking up at the air conditioner. I kept looking up at the fans, but it was a suddenly as quick as that. And it took me a minute to realize it was the presence of God beginning to swirl around us and, and let us know that he was moving. And he, after that, he began to move across the body that was there. But it was, it just took a little bit to actually understand that's God. It's not the fans. It's not the air conditioner. It's God. It took Peter to, a little bit to realize that it's not a dream. It's not a vision. God is moving. So verse 10 says, they walked unseen. So Peter and the angel walked past the guards unseen. And then they walked past a second set of guards unseen. And when they got to the iron gate that led to the city, the gate swung open by itself in front of them. Now think about that. It's an iron gate in front of the city. That's going to make some noise. That is not a quiet motion. 
But for whatever reason, no one saw, no one heard. Peter and the angel escaped. They went outside the city and down a narrow street, and suddenly the angel disappeared. When Peter realized that he wasn't having a dream, he said to himself, this is really happening. The Lord sent his angel to rescue me from the clutches of Herod and from what the Jewish leaders planned to do for me. You know, God sends his rescue so many times in ways that we can't even fathom. And we may not see an angel or we may not be in prison with chains on, but God wants us to partner with him so that the supernatural that he wants to do through our lives, through our circumstances, through that immediate moment is part of our everyday life. We are open and we are available to him, for him to move through us. So I want to share a little testimony from one of our people at church. Uh, she was in Indiana. She had had some family uh, up there and was trying to fly back to Tampa. Well, she prayed, Lord, I want your thoughts on how to get home and which airport to fly out of. She had Indianapolis to choose from, Louisville or Cincinnati or Dayton. She said, I believe the Lord told me Dayton, Ohio. So I booked the flight from Dayton to Washington, D.C., and then D.C. to Tampa. And an hour later, I get a call, and I say, it's from the airlines, I think a better route for you would be Indianapolis to Detroit. I said, give me 30 minutes, and I'll let you know. She prayed again. Then I said, nope, I'm not changing my flights, because I asked God his thoughts. He gave them to me, and I'm sticking with my decision. You know, sometimes... The enemy wants to make us question and doubt what God is saying to us. And she said, I said, he said Dayton. So I went Dayton. I called him back and said no more. So she gets Dayton and they upgrade her to first class. She has never flown first class in her whole life. And she was praising God the whole time. They tried to um, reroute her again. And she's like, Oh, no, I am not going to spend the night in D.C. I'm going to believe what you said. And she said, the whole time I could hear just the accuser saying, God didn't really say that. Are you sure God said that? And she was like saying, no, I know God told me this was the route to get home. Well, to make a long story short, she got upgraded to first class again. And they were got there on time. She made her connection. No problem. Got into Tampa. She didn't ask for first class. She was just trying to get home. But God upgraded her. She wrote this. God upgraded me because those were his thoughts. And I just needed to receive his thoughts and get on the uh, right plane to get home. So when we seek God for his mind, not our own, when we believe what we've heard and we do what he asks us to do, then God does these things for us, just like the church got together and prayed for Peter to be free. God did these incredible things, partnering with their prayers, partnering with Peter in order to get him out so he could come back. So I want to talk about just a few basics in partnering with God, because you can live a supernatural lifestyle naturally. In your everyday, God can move in ways that are beyond Uh, quantum physics, beyond the natural, beyond anything you can imagine. So the first is oneness with God. Now think about this. 
oneness with God. In Ephesians 1.3, it says, everything heaven contains has already been lavished on you as a gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father. So everything that heaven contains, everything, all because he sees us in Christ. You know, while I was writing a book, I wrote about this, and it was interesting because when I read that he sees us in Christ, I realized that when the Father sees Jesus, he sees us hidden in Christ because we're in him and he and he's in us. And when you think about that, that is monumental in understanding the supernatural, that we are one with Christ. You can close your eyes for a minute, let this seep deep down and allow your imagination, because we have a sanctified imagination. We are sanctified in Christ. So allow your imagination to just paint a picture of what that looks like, that we are one in Christ because everything in heaven has been lavished upon us. And the way the Father sees us is in Christ. We are joined as one. So that's number one. We have to say, yes, God, I am one with Christ. Number two, we have to remember that we're seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 4 says, But God, who is rich in his mercy because of his great love which with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places with Christ. Now, sometimes that's a hard thing to understand. But when we really think about what the word says, it says, first, we read that we're one with Christ, that everything in heaven's been lavished upon us, and that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. So our perspective is from a heavenly realm looking to the natural, looking to earth, not from the earthly realm looking up. If we have everything heaven has lavished upon us, then we're able to see the possibilities in Christ that will bring the supernatural to our circumstances. And the way we see them is the same way we talked about earlier, is we go to God, we talk to him about it. Jesus said, ask my father in my name and he'll give you what you ask for. And then we watch heaven be released to fulfill what we have requested. Whew, it's like heaven invading earth. The next thing I want to just run by us is first it's oneness in Christ. We're seated in heavenly places. And the third thing is the secret things of God are revealed to us. And 1 Corinthians 2 says that, we'll start in verse 7, it says, but we speak wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the age of glory. And God has revealed that wisdom to us through his spirit. So just think about it. You carry the wisdom of God within you. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. That's not what we carry. But we carry the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us from God. 
We, these things we also speak, not in words, which is man's wisdom, but which the Holy Spirit teaches us comparing spiritual things to spiritual. Now know that the Holy Spirit, we're seated in heavenly places, hidden in Christ. The Holy Spirit seeks the deep things of God and he brings them down and reveals them to us. Just like with Peter, Peter thought he was having a vision and God opened up his eyes to realize what had just occurred was real. It was from heaven. It was God's protection and it was Peter's exit out of captivity. So we really have to think about, I mean, this is a hard concept. It's a hard one because we see with our natural eyes, we think with our minds, but what God is trying to teach us is to think spirit to spirit. We are spiritual beings. When we believe in Jesus and are born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. So our spirit becomes one with the Holy Spirit. There's our oneness right there. And the Holy Spirit guides our spirit and our mind and our emotions are to follow. So we're to be, when it says in the word that we're to be led by the spirit, we're led by the spirit by allowing the spirit to reveal the deep things of God to us and not letting our minds talk us out of what God is saying. It's being really, I call it being bilocational. We, we live on this earth in a physical body. We have mind and emotions, will, we have a soul, but we are bilocational, but we are seated in heavenly places. So we live in two places at the same time. And God wants to teach us to live as one in those two places so that when we're faced with difficulties and we're faced with challenges, the supernatural becomes a natural response to those things. I mean, I've been faced with quite a few. I'll tell you a little story. We owned a business um, back in 2006 and it was a residential window business. And what was interesting is when we bought it, the market was great and everything. Well, then 2008 happened and the market crashed, the housing market bubble fell, everything fell apart. Well, you know, hurricane windows, that's what we sold because we live in Florida, are a luxury item. They're an additional item. They're not a necessity. So when the housing market fell and the financial market fell, I mean, our business fell. And we did everything we could to try to keep it running, keep it going. We even looked at selling it. But who's going to buy a business that a market won't support at that time? Well, we had a lot of different interesting things happen. I remember one time I could not pay the payroll. And I told God, I laid my hands on everything. And I told God, I said, I just don't have the money. And he said, write the checks and it'll be covered. Well, I, I am not that person. I'm, I'm the person that I look at my bank account and I have to know it's in the bank. But I did it. I said, okay, God. And sure enough, that, that amount was covered. And it just kept, that's how I lived. I lived from day to day, paying the bills, covering the payroll. And it was very, very stressful. And, you know, it's funny because I say it's stressful. God was providing, but every day I would wake up with this, kind of dual thought. I was anxious because I knew I had to go to work. I knew that, you know, I knew we had to order product. I knew we had to pay for product. I knew I had to do payroll. So there was an anxiety there because I knew the margin was so thin. 
But then there was a peace that went with that anxiety because I knew that every time I turned around, God was doing something or he would bring someone in from out of town who just bought a condo that wanted to redo their whole condo. So, you know, I understand that living like this creates this tension inside of us because my mind says I don't have payroll, but my God, I'm seated in heavenly places with him. He says, write the checks. I've got it covered. And, and like I said, that's a hard thing. It's a tension. And then as it turned out, I kept getting these prophetic words. You're going to close your business. And I said, I am not going to close my business because we had so much money I invested. We had taken our savings to buy the business and we ended up about $131,000 in debt. And people kept saying, you're supposed to close your business. And I, one person, I actually got mad at him. And I was like, that's not God. I'm telling you right now, that's not God. But as it turned out, we did end up closing our business. And when we closed our business, like I said, we had about $131,000 in debt. Our son was away at college. Um, and so there were other expenses coming out. And But you know what God did? We just decided that we were going to pay that debt off as soon as we could. And we just would lay hands on it. We'd just say, my husband was just like, I'm just determined we're going to get that done. Within just a few months, less than six months, we paid every penny off. And it wasn't like someone sent us 131000 What happened, it was naturally supernatural. God would send an increase in my husband's business. He would send an increase in what I was doing. There would be orders come in. There would be things that would occur that would multiply our finances. And so here's a time of what we would consider famine because it was a financial crunch time. And God showed up in a way that blew us away. And every time we thought about paying down the debt a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. We were just shocked. We couldn't believe how those checks worked. And like I said, we ended up, like our, our son went to school in Boston, and we ended up at the same time being able to pay for his tuition to go to away at school in Boston while this was going on, and God just kept supernaturally multiplying our finances. So we went, we sent him to school for four years. We sent our daughter to school. We closed our business. We got rid of all of our debt and God just did it. But it, like I said, it wasn't like we received a check in the mail or it wasn't like uh, someone said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll cover their college or I'll cover this. What God did was he said, trust me and do what I call you to do every step of the way. And know that I have this covered. And even though if I looked at our bank account, it didn't look that way. Even though if I looked at our natural circumstances, it didn't look that way. But when I looked at God, I saw something else. I saw the person, who the, the God who says, I am your provider. And I will provide everything you need. And it's a hard thing sometimes to step out and trust that provision. But he did it. He did it every single time. He, he got that all covered. So I really want to encourage you in this, in this time is where is it that you need 
supernatural to show up in the natural part of your life? Do you need it in your finances? The finances is a big one for me because we've seen miracles of God over and over again where he just shows up and, and, and just blesses. So I'll release a financial blessing over you. But do you, can you say, and let me just be honest here, can you say that you are one with Christ? Can you say that whether you understand it, you know that you live in heavenly places hidden in Christ and that's how God the Father sees you? Can you look at yourself and say, I carry the ability for God to do supernatural things in me, through me, and for me because I am one with Christ. And the word says that whatever I ask of the Father in Jesus' name, he will give me. Those are, the, those are the questions that God wants to bring you on a journey in of seeking your heart, transforming your thought life, making you one with the Spirit, where you follow what the Holy Spirit says, just like my friend did on the flights. You follow the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit guide your spirit. And then your mind will submit, your emotions will submit, and your will will submit. I want to pray over you. I want to release this whole thought process of living supernaturally. So Father, right now, I just pray for a impartation of oneness with you that they just know everyone who's hearing this they know that they know that they're seated in heavenly places they're one with you and whatever you ask for can be given to them because of the oneness and that you can live out of a supernatural hula hoop uh, in Jesus name so remember you're the best investment you can make join us next week because God wants to invest in you Thanks a lot. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.